listening to For Your Joy, a podcast provided by New King Church, where we seek to restore your faith in a world of discouragement. If you want to find out more about New King or learn how you can get connected with our network of like-minded churches in Burlington, Vermont, and surrounding areas, check us out at newkingchurch.com. Good to have you back here on the For Your Joy podcast. Uh, we are sitting here in the upstairs room of the Red Barn House on New King Church's property in South Burlington, Vermont. Um, you know, if you are a, a local or if you're a Burlington or maybe South Burlington or surrounding area resident, uh, you know this better than most people, but we seem to be in a very um, crowded airspace, and you might have noticed uh, on our first episode some rumblings, uh, and mm. there seem to be a lot of jets that, mm. uh, that kind of just circle around our church. We don't know what we're doing to make them circle <laughs> our church. It's just the reality here. Um, we actually have a member who flies one of them, and I continue to ask him when that's going to stop, but I don't think it's ever going to. So, just uh, the life here we live. Makes me feel safer. Yeah, yeah, know? definitely. Definitely safer in some ways. Um, but uh, we're glad to have you back here on the podcast, and if you uh, heard our uh, first episode in this series about uh, discouragement and fighting discouragement um, and being encouraged... Uh, we talked about um, the foundation of what discouragement might look like, the foundation that God um, in Christ and the Holy Spirit and His Word is the, the chief and ultimate way to fight against mm-hmm. discouragement. Uh, and the tagline for this podcast is that we want to restore your faith in a world of discouragement. So this is a really, really important issue uh, that we see as critical mm-hmm. in in remaining faithful as a disciple of Christ. We want to do everything we can to stay encouraged. Uh, so as we continue this series, one thing we want to talk about and help define further is kind of the battleground for discouragement, where this fight is fought. Um, and so I want to I want to start in Ephesians chapter five. Uh, Paul says, "For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens." Uh, and this fight against discouragement is no different. The fight for this is in our minds. It's in our thoughts. Um, and that's really what we want to dig into uh, today in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So he's, this, is a, this is, again, this is warfare talk, right? Mm. He's talking about weapons. He's talking about warfare. He's talking about destroying strongholds. That's, that's war language. And then the very next verse, we destroy what? Arguments. 
and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Hmm. So when the Apostle Paul thinks about our war, the war that we're in, the battle that we're in, he immediately thinks of arguments and opinions and thoughts. Mm. This is a battle that is being waged primarily in our minds. Mm. Um, he goes on to say in 2 Corinthians eleven three. he says, I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Mm. He knows, Paul knows, that the way that, uh, the way that the serpent, the way that Satan draws a person into a life of sin, draws a person in, away from the faith, into disobedience, into rebellion, into a life of, uh, away from God, is by using their thoughts, mm. by, by speaking into their thoughts. And so when, you know, in the first episode, I, I read that quote that dis, uh, discouragement precedes destruction. Mm. Satan wants to destroy. He's going to use dis, discouragement to destroy, and he's going to do that by trying to get into your thoughts. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's weird because most of our life is spent uh, with outward expression, mm-hmm. right? We have conversations with people out loud, not just thinking, right? We work with our hands, uh, which is very expressive, and, and it's not just our thoughts, but I think it's helpful to understand how the outward expression of our life can still affect our thoughts. And if the war is uh, within the mind, how does the, the experiences that we come in contact with, the hardships, the things that feel kind of outside of our mind, how do those begin to influence our thoughts in the way that we might think about uh, discouragement and, and think about those those things that might be under discouragement, like anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Like unbelief, mm-hmm. like uh, a lack of hope, a lack of joy. What? How does an action or how does a, an outward uh, circumstance affect those? Well, yeah, I mean, our circumstances are impacting our thoughts, but also our thoughts are impacting our outward lives too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as as we think, we are living that out. Thoughts, uh, thoughts must bring forth. Whenever you think things, it is producing something in you. One one person once said, "Thoughts are things. Hmm. They're not inconsequential. Every thought matters. That's why Paul says we've got to take every thought captive. There's no thought that doesn't matter." And so if a thought is anti-faith, anti-God, in any way leading us away from greater faith and confidence and joy in God, it must be taken captive. It must be seen as consequential. You know, take, to take something captive, it's, you, you have this picture of, 
it's war, right? It, it's binding this thing up. It's capturing it and saying, you're mine. I, I won't let you run free. Um, and so our thoughts are both, they're being affected by our outward circumstances, but, but our thoughts are also producing. Our thoughts are producing emotions. Uh, our thoughts are producing actions. Ultimately, we are the result of the thoughts we think. Mm. Right. And so so a circumstance can something that happens in our workplace or in our lives and our families, something that that happens around us or to us has an impact on our thoughts. But ultimately, we're in control of our thoughts. So, you know, one one thing I think that that's important to say is you're not a victim of your thoughts. Mm. According to Scripture, you have the ability to control what goes through your mind. This is something I, I try to teach my kids regularly. You are not a victim of what you think. Mm. You're in control. And the enemy would love to have you think that you, you don't have control over what you think. But according to Scripture, every single thought can be taken captive to obey Christ. Yeah, and that, that makes me think of um, what Christ says when the Pharisees come against him and say, uh, how can you be eating these things? How can you be doing these things? Uh, and your disciples as well. And he says, it's not what goes in hmm. that defiles, but it's what comes out right. of the heart right. that defiles us. Right. And and I think... Def- and one of those things he says is evil thoughts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and those things can defile yeah. in such a way that would lead to destruction, right? Yes. They would take us down a path of discouragement, of unbelief that are ultimately going to lead to where our faith is blown up, right? right? And the things that come out of the heart, uh, if you're a student of Dallas Willard, you know the the connection between the heart and the mind and the Mm -hmm. soul, and they're so uh, intertwined. Mm -hmm. And when we have these discouraging, negative thoughts, when we let those things just pass into us so easily, our heart is corrupted, yeah, and come what comes out, whether that is outward actions, right? Whether that is uh, words that we say to other people, those things are ultimately defiling us. They're they're proving the defilement mm-hmm. of our thoughts, of of how our thoughts are affecting us. Yeah, and maybe a good way for people to think about this is it's not just that every it's most of the time your experience with discouragement will not destroy your faith in the way that you might think about it like ruin your faith and you'll walk away from god mm. but it will destroy your confidence in god that day that moment mm. and and every single time that happens you are weaker spiritually mm. every time and every single time you are you are growing in faith and confidence in God, you are stronger spiritually. Mm. So the way that we're going to experience this in our probably in our day to day lives is in weakness and strength, yeah. right? And if you obviously if you continue down a path that's promoting weakness, then yeah, ultimately your faith will be destroyed. But in the day-to-day, think about it like this. Do I want to be spiritually strong today? Strong, firm, stable, steadfast, immovable. Mm. 
If that's what I want, then I need to be thoughtful about my thoughts. Mm. And we're going to get into later on in this series some some pretty practical ways to fight mm-hmm. this kind of discouragement. But I want to just look at um, one kind of positive outlook on this because I think it helps us define the battle. And that's in Colossians 3, the very beginning of that chapter. Paul says, so if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above mm-hmm. where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Mm-hmm. And so obviously this is uh, pretty in, in contrast to what we're talking about right now, thinking about the way that we uh, are negatively affected. This is a very positive in, in, in uh, better outlook on how we can fight it. And we'll get into that more, but it's so clear that if this is the way that we fight it well, this mm. is also that our minds are going to be the way that we uh, lose this battle as well, if we let ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I think a practical thing here is take inventory of what you're thinking. Mm. I, I think this is a great place for people to start. Because I, I would say that in my conversations with folks, it most of the time we are not aware of what we're thinking. We're not very thoughtful about our thoughts. Mm. And so a good place to start would be for an entire day, take inventory. Mm. Just pay attention to what is going on, the internal Mm. conversation in your head. That's scary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's where this starts, right? Yeah, yeah. You gotta take, you gotta, it's gotta be brought into the light. And, um... And I'll tell you what, I am so, whenever I get discouraged, it usually follows a period of time when I was um, unaware of what was going on inside my head. Mm. I I was, you know, this happened to me uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I, a couple of different things happened in my morning and sent my mind down this discouraging, hopeless uh, spiral. Mm. And I wasn't aware of it. And then the next thing I know, I'm starting, I'm, I'm actually like feeling anxiety in my body. Mm. Like I'm feeling like what feels like tension in my chest, an increased heart rate. And that's, and that's kind of what, what first got my attention was, man, I'm feeling, I'm feeling stressed. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wasn't putting I, I wasn't putting the, the pieces together yet that, oh, I've been in this spiral of negative, faithless, discouraging thinking. Tell us again that definition you had in the first episode for hope and encouragement, because I think mm-hmm. that really puts in perspective um, how we continue to rely on God, even in those moments. Yeah, so so to encourage the the definition is to inspire with courage, spirit or hope. And hope is joyful, confident expectation. Hmm. It isn't, you know, a lot of times we use the word hope um in a in a in a wrong way, not a biblical way. Like I and I I sure do hope 
mm. my team wins, but your team has no real chance of winning, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but Almost this longing. It's a long... Yeah, we use it in place of, of a longing for something that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, maybe even a fleeting desire. Yeah. But biblical hope is, is actually referring to a confident trust. Mm. It's confident expectation, a joyful, confident expectation that we know how this all ends. We've got the end of the story. Mm. You know, we know, we know that this all turns out well for us. And, and there's no possibility of that not happening. That's what hope is. Hope is a complete and utter confidence that things will turn out as the book says, mm. as God has determined. Yeah. And I feel like that can be put on a grand scale, mm-hmm. right? You might be going through a, a year-long struggle with some kind of sickness, mm-hmm. right? With some mm-hmm. kind of temptation. But it should also affect our day-to-day. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, mm-hmm. a couple things happen in the morning that throw us off our course. We start feeling anxious about what's coming next, and all of a sudden we're discouraged Mm -hmm. and we feel so far from the Lord, Mm -hmm. how can we, or rather we must, hold on to hope even in those moments Mm -hmm. that the Lord is still in control. Everything that's going on could discourage us if we let it, Mm -hmm. but we take those thoughts captive uh, to make sure our confidence remains in the Lord. Mm. Um, so I have one, one final question mm-hmm. uh, that maybe we'll get into. We might have to, to continue this discussion in the next episode just for the sake of time. But the battle is individual mm-hmm. in all of our thoughts and taking our thoughts captive and the way that we're thinking. Can the battlefield also be um, beyond just your own thoughts? Are we affected by the thoughts of other people? Mm. Is, is it contagious? Oh, yeah. It is very contagious. Um, and I do think that that's probably where we need to pick up next week. Yeah. Um, I, I would say this, though. Between, I, I don't want to leave you hanging too much. I would say between now and next week when we discuss the contagious nature of, of unbelief, of discouragement... Um, I would just say this, start with taking inventory of your thoughts and, and pay attention, you know, not, not just when you're sitting there reading your Bible, don't, don't only pay attention to your thoughts then, mm-hmm. pay attention to your thoughts when you're just driving down the road, when, when you're in, when your brain is in mm-hmm. idle. What's going on in there? Maybe when you're in line at Moe's and they're, they're fulfilling about 10 online orders <laughs> before taking your order and you're standing right there. So that's when I need to be taking my thoughts captive? Yes. That, okay. Yeah. Even, yeah, in that situation. I'll start doing that. So let's start there. Let's start with taking our own our, our inventory of our own thought life and beginning to take every thought captive to make sure and to ask this question, is this thought inspiring courage and mm. confidence in God? If it isn't, then I need to take it captive right now. I need to stop it right now and toss it out. 
And then next week, we'll pick it up from here. We'll talk about uh, the, the way that this plays out in community with others and in the world, um, in, in our workplace, right? In our conversations with friends or family or, or whoever. Great. Well, that sounds like a really helpful practice, a tough practice, but one that, I, that we hope is encouraging to you. And as Ben said, we'll pick up next week and we'll talk to you then.